Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out in your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Well, today, if you have your Bibles, turn to Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 2, and if you need to go to the table of contents to find that, that's all right. Um, that is perfectly okay. I could tell you where it is. It is right before, or right after Nahum. I'm sure you all know where that is. Just go to the table of contents or in your phone scroll. It's Old Testament. Um, Habakkuk chapter 2. I'm going to start a little mini-series uh, this morning, and um, it's simply titled, Where Am I Going? Where am I going? This week we're going to talk about where am I going. Next week we're going to talk about as a church where are we going and, and the vision of Faith for Life. And I'm really, really excited about this because as a people, as a society, as a culture, we are going. We are on the move nonstop. Like we're always going. We're always moving. We're traveling more than any other, any other generation has ever traveled. And some places um, we know how to go and so we just, we just go. There's other places um, that we just, like we know how to go there and we know it so well that we just drive aimlessly to the places. Like you get there and you're like, I don't even know how I got there, but you're there. Um, some places you, you can't get to, so you trust someone else to take you. When you get on an airplane, you, you don't know how to fly that airplane. At least most of us don't know how to fly that airplane. So you trust someone else to take you to that place. And, and then there's other places that you can get to, but you don't know how to get to. And so what do you do in those situations? You use your GPS, right? We just went to Dallas um, Friday night and, and stayed over till Saturday. And even though we know how to get to Dallas, we didn't know exactly how to get to where we were going to, so we used our GPS. And so um, we, we, when using this GPS, you, you know, this is something that we've all become familiar with, and it helps us get from here to there, now, this week I was, I was listening and reading some stuff, and Dr. Miles Monroe, he, has five, he said there was five questions that control all of us. Five questions that control all of us. Number one is, who am I? Number two is, where am I from? Number three is, what can I do? And then uh, number four is, why am I here? And then number five is what I want to talk about today is, where am I going? Where, where am I going? God wants us going. He, he wants us um, going somewhere. Even multiple places, even when we're staying still or even when we're in a Sabbath or a, or a time of Sabbath, he still wants us moving, if you will. The scripture is filled with God telling us to move and keep moving. He tells us to go into all the world, walk by faith, walk by the spirit, be not just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Don't grow weary in well doing. God is seeking people. The Bible tells us that will worship him in spirit and truth. So even God is moving. He's seeking. He's going around. He's in, he's in motion and he wants us to be in motion. And if we know this with our bodies, if we stop moving for long enough, then eventually we won't be able to move at all. You know, if you stop moving, your muscles will begin to atrophy. They'll begin to become weaker. And if you do that long enough, if you lay down and you don't get up for long enough, you will get to a point where you will not be able to get up. It's the way God has designed our bodies. It's also a spiritual principle that God wants us to keep going and keep moving, staying in motion. Um, 
So in Habakkuk chapter 2, before we get to, to verse 1 here, i got to give you a little bit of context in chapter 1. Um, we're told that the, the Chaldeans, which are also known as the Babylonians, they were wicked people and they were destroying this place where Habakkuk was, which was the southern kingdom of Judah. And Habakkuk was a prophet. And in chapter 1, it's all about Habakkuk's complaining about the injustices of the Babylonians. <laughs> like, like the whole chapter is like, God, why aren't you doing anything? Don't you see this? They're violent. They're wicked. They're destroying us. Where are you? And then in chapter 2, we're going to read verse 1. It says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. Now, his chapter 1 is all of Habakkuk's complaint. Chapter Verse 2, it says, and the Lord answered me. Now, here, this is a very famous passage here. The Lord answered me, and he said, write the vision. Write the vision. That word write, it means to write, but it also means to describe or inscribe or prescribe or subscribe. Write the vision. The vision is, is the thing that God is showing you. It's what you're seeing. It's revelation. It's understanding. It's guidance. It's direction. He's saying write the the vision. God is responding to Habakkuk because of all these injustices and his complaints and his crying out to him. He's saying, write the vision. This isn't the only time that we were instructed to write. Um, John was also instructed to write the the vision when he had a, a vision for New Jerusalem in Revelation chapter 21. The Ten Commandments, they weren't just spoken, they were written. Um, even the Bible tells us that the new covenant is written in our hearts and on our hearts. It's almost as if God is saying, you know, that old saying of a dull pencil is better than a sharp, I think it's mine, but I'm going to say memory. Like that's definitely the case for me. If you're ever talking to me and you need me to be somewhere or go somewhere, like most time what I'm going to tell you is, hey, you got to call the church because if I try to, I will, my, my if you're telling me to, to do something and I'm not typing it in or writing it down or putting it in my tablet, it's like very likely not to get done. Why? Because a dull pencil for me is definitely better than whatever sharpness my memory has. <laughs> but God here is saying, like write it down, make it plain on tablets. Now, this word plain means to engrave or declare. Um, it, it, it means to make it plain, make it simple. So write the vision, make it plain on tablets. Tablets is what they had at that point to then, to then write on and have. And, and, and here's the deal. Many times, even when God gives us a vision or we have a vision for our lives or we have a, a, a revelation or an understanding or direction that we want to go, we never get to the place where we make it plain. And here's how, one of the ways you can know if you've made it plain. Can you describe it to somebody else? Can, can you give it to somebody else? Can you speak it to somebody else? Or could you tweet it? Could you get this into 140 characters? Maybe it doesn't fit into 140 characters, but can you make it simple? Can you, can you, can you make it comprehensible? Can you make it plain? See, some people, they can make the most complicated things simple, but they can't make the the simple thing, I said that backwards. You got, you got what I'm saying. They, they make the simple things complicated. But, but the trick is to make the complicated things simple. I'll get that in second service the right way. <laughs> but, but we have to make it plain, make it simple, so that he may run who reads it. He may run who reads it. 
See, it needs to be written, it needs to be plain, so that the people who read it can run with it. See, when God gives you a vision, when God gives you a vision for your life, when God gives you a vision for this season, when he's telling you to go, when he's telling you to move, it's not just for you, but it is for you. It's to be taken and it's to go, it's to run, it's to move. It's the people who read it should be able to read it and run with it, not read it and sit not read it and stand. God didn't tell you that he wants you to go there, do that, be that, for you to take that and sit and stand. He gave it to you so you could take it and you could run with it. And you have the ability to make it simple, make it plain as you seek God to be able to give it to anybody else who needs it so they can run with it too. See, when God um, told me that, that I was, I was going to be a pastor, if I would have just sat down in my prayer closet and just prayed for the rest of my days, every moment of every day, and never did anything with it, then I, could, I would still be sitting there praying. But there had to be a point where God revealed things to me and I was able to make it plain. I was able to write it down. I was able to describe it so that not only I could go and run with it, but that also so that Pastor Priscilla could go and run with it. And when the time is right, Isaiah could go and run with it and Josiah could go and run with it and Mariah will be able to go and run with it and my family will be able to go and run with it. And then there'll be another time where then you're stepping into that because you've ran with the vision God's given you that there will be other people that are connected that will be able to need to take that and run with it, not take it and know it. Listen, y'all know that we empower people to follow Jesus. We talk about it all the time, probably too much. And that's okay. We're going to keep talking about it too much. And you know it. But if you just know it to sit on it, that's not why you, that's why, not why you need to know it. That's not why you need to know the vision that God has given for you in your life in this season and this time. It's not for you to know it and sit on it. It's for you to take it and run with it. The vision was given to run with, not to sit on. God expects movement. He expects us to run with it. He expects us to take what he's given us and go. In verse 3, it says, for still the vision awaits. It's appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, which it always does, right? Like it always seems slow. Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Don't grow weary in well-doing. This will require patience. It will require endurance. It will require toughness for you to live out the vision that God has given you for your life, for you to be able to go to all the places God wants you to go. It won't just happen like that. Now, there may be times where God brings it that way, but most of the time, you're going to have to wait for it. You're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to endure. It's going to require some toughness. See, sometimes what we do as Christians, because we've gotten so ingrained in our culture and our society, is we want everything right now. We want God to bring everything into existence right now, and we want, us, he, we want him to take us on that direct path. We want the direct flight. We don't want any layovers. We don't want any delays. We want to just go from here to there and it's not always that simple many times the vision God has given for your life you are going to have to wait for it you are going to have to have some patience that's why you're going to have to work out your salvation and live by faith in verse 4 behold his soul is puffed up it is not upright within him but the righteous shall live by his faith 
God's vision for you, it has an appointed time. It will not lie. It won't be late. It'll be right on time. And as we go and as we live, we do it by faith. Now, there's not just a lot of um, example or commands, but there's also a lot of examples. Uh, the disciples, they followed Jesus all over the place. Like, that's what they did. They literally followed Jesus from place to place. Um, the disciples, uh, they were constantly going with Jesus from place to place, from mountain to sea, from party to house. And at the end of John chapter 13, go ahead and go to John chapter 14, but at the end of John chapter 13, Jesus tells the disciples that he's going somewhere that they cannot go with him. Now, they can't wrap their minds around this because they always went with Jesus. Like everywhere Jesus went, they went. And then in John chapter 13, at the end, Jesus says, I'm going somewhere now that you cannot go with me. And they're like, I don't understand. Why would I not be able to go with you? And then we pick up in John chapter 14, um, Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Now, this is so good. There's so much in this that we don't have time to get into all of this. But, but every time I read the word let, it just reminds me that this is a choice I make, that I am choosing this. And this is so powerful. You choose to not allow your hearts to be troubled. <laughs> you, you choose that. God's not saying I'm choosing that and I'm forcing that on you and you got to do nothing with it. No, he's saying you choose to not allow your hearts to be troubled. Now, he's just said, I'm going somewhere that you can't go. Essentially, I'm going to leave you. You're going to be on your own. And then he's saying, you choose, though, don't allow your hearts to be troubled. Don't allow yourself to get into this panic and this fear and this trouble. But you don't allow it. And, man, I, I just hear God saying this over and over and over to us today. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. You choose to not allow your heart to be troubled. You get the choice. You get the ability. You get the empowerment. You get the opportunity to choose to not allow your heart to be troubled. And some of you guys, you've been through horrific things. And you're living examples of making choices and holding on to God to the point that you have chosen to not allow your heart to be troubled. And you've lived it. And I'm not saying it's been easy. But you've lived it. And God is saying, keep going. Keep going. Don't stop. Because when we stop, if we stop long enough, we won't be able to get back up. The longer you stop, the more your muscles atrophy. Let not your heart be troubled. And, and I love this. It says, he says, believe in God. Cool. Believe in God. You know how many people believe in God? There's a lot of people believe in God. But then he says, believe also in me. <laughs> Like, it's not good enough to just believe in God. You have a conversation with people, and they believe in God. Jesus is saying, that's not good enough. You have to also believe in me. There is a difference in believing in God, who you say God is, and believing in Jesus. And sometimes there can be a wide gap between somebody who says they believe in God and somebody who actually believes in Jesus. Jesus is saying, you want to you believe in God? Good, believe in God, but believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. And that where I am, you may be also. This is the prize. Don't, don't get it twisted. This is the prize. He's talking about heaven. 
He's talking about going to heaven and preparing a place for us. And then he's going to come back and he's going to bring us with him. And many times we'll present the gospel. We'll present what it means to be Christian. We'll even think in terms of, oh, man, if I can just make it to heaven, heaven is going to be the ultimate. And heaven is amazing. We don't even have words enough to describe what heaven will be like. We can't even fully comprehend how amazing heaven is going to be. But the place of heaven is not the prize. The prize is being with Jesus. See, when I first got saved, we, I'd, I'd picture heaven as this, like, constant, eternal church service. And I was like, God, keep me here as long as you can. Because I didn't love church back then like I love church now. Like, I, now I'm like, yeah, let's be in church forever. This is, it's amazing. But back then, I was like, ah, God, keep me here. I don't want to go to church forever. Like at the time, the church I was going to, my pastor, man, he was long-winded. I, I know y'all can't relate to that at all, but I mean, it, 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 I was like, man, I got to eat. I got to do something. Like I got to get up. I got to keep moving, right? Like I'm sitting too long. But it, the, heaven is it, not about an eternal church service. There's so much more. It's not about the streets paved with gold. It's not about the room, the mansion that God will prepare for you. The, the, the prize is you're with Jesus. You get to be with Jesus. And man, when you're with Jesus, there's no more pain. There's no more sorrow. There's no more illness. There's no more tears. I, I always love this in this verse because there's no more bills. There's no more crazy family members. There's no uncle. Uh, no, let me stop. <laughs> That's the prize is Jesus comes and we may be with him. And then he says in verse 4, and you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Where am I going? Thomas is like, Jesus, you're telling us to go and we know the way, but I don't even know where I'm going. How can I know where I'm going if I don't even know where you're going? Like if I'm following you, where are we going? I don't know where we're going and man yes ultimately all the places that Jesus will take us will lead us to this place of heaven where we are with him forever and and as we're going to these different places as God is leading us as he's giving you vision and purpose for your life and as you're taking it and you're running with it you got to know this that no matter where you go, no matter how difficult it may be, no matter how high or how low you think you are, it is going to end in a place far greater than you are now. It is going to end being with Jesus in that place called heaven. Now, the world says stuff like, we're all going to end up in the grave. We're all going to end up six feet under. But listen, no, that's not true. That's not true. We will all die or leave I'm not going to the grave. I'm not. Here's why. Because the real me, me is a spirit. And the Bible says that to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. So this body may go to a grave, but I'm not going to a grave. Jesus already, he already paid that cost. He already paid that price. I'm not going to a grave. As soon as I leave this body, I'm going to meet God. And, and I'm not going down into that grave. I'm going to live forever. And, and here's, the, here's 
hopefully the good news for you. But if it's not good news, it's the news you need to decide on today. Is that you're going to live forever. We're all going to live forever. It's just a matter of where are you going to live forever. See, this body will perish or it will be raptured. But the real you will not die. You, when you're separated, you're either going up or down. <laughs> but you're not going to die. Not the real you. Jesus here is saying, listen, I'm going and I'm pre- preparing a place for you. It's a place in heaven. And you will come and you will be with me. And that moment that you leave your body, you will be with me forever. And I've already prepared this place for you. And we'll be together. And it'll be absolutely amazing. It's why the Bible can say that the day of death is better than the day of birth. Because it truly is. But even while we're here and we're going to these different places, we need to always remember that ultimately where we're going is to heaven. We're going to be with Jesus. Like that is where we're going. So today, if God leads me to a dark place, a difficult place, a place of frustration, or a place where where I'm facing trials or tribulations, man, I can take comfort. I can be secure. I can be confident in knowing that this is just a stop along the journey, that the journey is going to end at a place that is going to make all of this seem like it was nothing. The present sufferings of this world, they cannot even compare to the glory that will be revealed in us. In that place where we are going. But even here, God has places for us to go. You know, when we were, when we were in Dallas, we were, had to go to different places, so we, we put destinations in our GPS, right? And so you, you, you put it in the GPS, and, and when you put it in, um, you have to tell the GPS where you're going to go, and then the GPS says, starting route to 1000 McNeil Road. Now, I know y'all never have to do that because you know exactly how to get here because you come here all the time. But, you know, if you don't know where you're going, you got to put it in, and, and then GPS gives you the starting route, and then you begin to go, and, and it tells you how to get there. Now, our, our GPS system is a little bit different because we don't tell God where we're going, and then he gives us instructions. We go to God, he tells us where we're going, and then he tells us our instructions. So really, we're just listening, and he's kind of autopiloting this GPS for us, but we need to be able to go to God in prayer and have these conversations to be able to get the vision, to be able to get the direction, to be able to get purpose and guidance on this but whenever for me anyway whenever I start the GPS it's always difficult at the very beginning like the most difficult thing about the GPS is the beginning and when you have to make turns the most difficult thing about the GPS is actually respecting where you currently are <laughs> like we, we, we were pulling out of this hotel um, Friday and there was like a couple hotels and restaurants and then there was like a frontage road and then there was like another road. And I, we put the location in the GPS, but I didn't know which way to go out. And you know those things, it doesn't know if you're facing this way or that way, so you have to kind of start going before it actually shows you which way, if you're going the right way. So it may look like straight, but actually it means behind you because it thinks the cars turn around. 
You, you know what I'm saying? And, and man, this is, this is such a good picture of running with the vision with God because there are times where God is leading you, but you don't know which way to start. You don't know how to start. And you need to like step out and start going and seeing, oh, no, no, no. Actually, this car is supposed to be turned around. I'm supposed to be going that way. And God will lead you, but you got to start moving because until you start moving, as long as you're standstill, you don't know if that means that way or this way. And, and sometimes you just got to step out and start that and God will, he'll, either say, all right, now you're on the right direction, and you'll be like, okay, simple, turn left. The other thing that's difficult about the GPS is, is whenever you're at those places where there's a bunch of side streets, and it wants you to turn, and it's like, turn in, in .1 miles. I don't know how far .1 miles is. And then it's like, turn in 500 feet, and I'm like, I don't know, there's one right there. Is that 500 feet, or is that, or is it the next one that's another 50? I, like, I don't know. And so I'm trying to look at where I'm at. I'm trying to look at the map. I'm trying to look at the streets, and you got to try to read the street names, and it's like, man, this is difficult. Why? Because it's hard to respect where you currently are in relation to where God has taken you. And so many times, what we're trying to do with our vision is we're looking at, at the turns. We're looking at the second turn, the third turn and we're not respecting where we are and if you don't respect where you are you're going to drive straight past that turn and that's what we're doing in our lives we're like God I want you to do this for me I want you to be this I want to go here you've called me to this and God's like respect where you are are you doing your best where you are are you seeking me where you are are you being obedient where you are are you listening for the instructions or are you just trying to get there as fast as you can see when you're on the GPS ours in, in my wife's car not in my car but in my wife's car um, it, it gives you this little thing at the bottom I don't really like it but it tells you how it tells you the speed limit at the bottom and it, and it turns red when you go over it I, I don't like it at all Last night, my boys asked me, and this was, this was a humbling question. They said, Dad, do you ever sin? I was like, yeah. And they were like, like, when? I was like, well, I sinned today. And they were like, what? <laughs> and I was like, buddy, when I was breaking the speed limit, you know, there's laws. Like, I, I'm supposed to obey the laws. I, I was breaking the law. And they were like, Dad, when you break the law, you sing a song, breaking the law, breaking the law. I was like, yeah, but that's not cool. That's not cool. That's not cool. <laughs> that's not good. That's not good. But there's a little red thing that, that shows you the speed limit. And why, why do the roads have the speed limits? The speed limits are there for our safety. But see, we want to break the speed limits to get to where we're going faster than we're able to get there. And God has put speed limits in our lives. He's given us speed limits in the scriptures because we, are, we have destinations to go. We have places to go. But we should not get there before the appointed time. There is an appointed time for our vision. There's appointed time for the vision that God has given us. And when we try to break the law and break the speed limits, then we put ourselves in danger. And we put other people in danger. When you're on this journey, you come to stoplights. And is there anything more frustrating than Pastor Priscilla stopping at a green light? I mean... I mean, when people are sitting there, and then they're on their phones, and the light turns green, and they don't go. That took a lot of courage. She's actually in the room. I usually only say stuff like that when you're not in the room. But you're supposed to stop at the red light. Our three-year-old knows this. And go at the green light. God will put red lights along your journey, along your path. But then, inevitably, he will turn them green. It's just like traffic. Sometimes you get in traffic, and that, that affects the timing of when you get to where you're trying to go. But 
always traffic will at some point open up. Now, I never understand. I can never understand. When you are in traffic, and then all of a sudden, everybody starts going 70 miles an hour, and there was no crash, there was nothing in the road, why did the person in the front stop? I don't know why they stop, and then all of a sudden, they decide to start going. I have no idea why. But this is how we're living our lives. We, we are living our lives on this journey, and all of a sudden, we decide to stop. We were in the middle of an intersection last week, and Pastor Priscilla, I was following her, and all of a sudden, she just decided to stop. Just in the middle, of the, there was no stop sign. There were people behind me. She just decided, I'm going to stop. Well, what I found out was my phone was connected to her radio, so she was trying to get me to stop it, but I, I didn't know, and so she just stopped. Just stopped right in the middle of the road. And I have no idea what's going on. There's no blinker. We're not going that way. I don't know what she's doing. And then all of a sudden she goes. She just goes. And we just keep going. I was so angry. I was so mad. Oh, if I cussed, I would have been cussing her out. I was so mad. I was so mad. I just wonder if God's driving behind us sometimes and, and we just stop. We just stop. I don't know why this is coming through my radio. Oh, I do know why I don't want it to. I just stop. I just stop where I'm going because this distracted me. Okay, now I'll go. And listen, it's better than if she would have just stopped and never, never went again. And some people stop and they never go again, but, but God wants us that even when we get distracted and we stop, even when something bothers us and we stop, even when we stop for no apparent reason, even when the light turns green and we're still sitting there, if we will just make the decision to go and put our foot on the pedal and start going again, even if you make a wrong turn, you know what the GPS does? Recalculates. It reroutes you. God will always reroute you. He'll always recalculate you. You got to go to the YouVersion Bible app and look at the notes because we're nowhere near any of these notes. But, but I want you to keep this in mind. There is purpose in every place that God will lead you. Every place that God leads you, there's purpose there. There's a reason that he's taking you there. And there is nothing that is here with you that can stop you from getting there with him. There's nothing that can stop you. And here's the last thing I want you to know. There is victory at the end of this. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. So our vision, our direction, where we're going, that we are going is important because in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 in the King James, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. If you don't know where you're going, and maybe you don't know exactly where you're going. Like God told Abram, go to the land I will show you. That's okay, as long as you know that you are going with God. But if you don't know, if you're just living, then you're living aimlessly and you're living unintentionally. Then you are li living a life that is leading towards death and destruction. 
But if you will be intentional and purposeful in following Jesus and where he's leading you and the places that he will take you, then you won't always know the end destination here on earth. You do know the end is you being with him because he's prepared a place for you and he's come back to bring you there. And you can take comfort in that. You won't always know what the end destination here. But here's what I can tell you. The places he will take you will benefit his kingdom. And here's the other thing. They'll benefit other people. God has you going to places to be a solution for other people. And sometimes you'll get there and you'll be like, God, there's nothing here for me. It's not for you. You're there for somebody else. And he will use you. And if you'll be intentional about following Jesus, then you won't live aimlessly and unintentionally just, just, just wandering to a place of death and destruction. You'll live intentionally going to that place that Jesus has prepared for you, and you'll be bringing a whole bunch of people along with you. Find out what God is leading you to do and go and be right now and go. Write the vision. Continue to seek God until it's, until it's plain to you, till you can explain it, till you can describe it. And then run with it. Take it and run with it. Go, move, act, step, believe, walk, talk, do it. Don't stop in the middle of the road. Once, once you know which direction, go. Follow the instructions. Respect your position where you are now and do it with the best of your ability, trusting God along the way. And know this, that if God said it, he'll do it. It's not up to you. The thing about the GPS is you don't have to figure out the way. You just got to obey. And that's what God's asking you to do now. God will show you where it is he wants you to go. You just need to be the one to Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.